How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Gaming Observer Weekend Variety Show for Saturday, September the 25th. Hey, folks, hope your weekend is going very well. And today, I want to share with you an experience I've had recently trying to get back into the world of first-person shooters. Now, the reason why I wanted to try a first-person shooter again is because the three major FPS franchises are all coming out this year. Got Call of Duty Vanguard, Battlefield 2042, and Halo Infinite. And so I saw those things coming out. I thought, man, I haven't played one of those games in a very long time. I should go try one out. And uh, just a little bit of history on me. I played a lot of Call of Duty as a teenager. From Modern Warfare 2 to Black Ops 2, it was pretty much one of the only games I played. And in the years prior to that, I played a lot of Halo. On the original Xbox, I played the first two Halo games. On the 360, I played Halo 3. But through all of that, I had never really played a Battlefield game. So as I was trying to figure out what to play, I thought, well, I'm not willing to spend however many dollars on a Call of Duty game that's already out. And I've already played my fair share of the older Halo games, which I would have access to through the Master Chief Collection. And hey, the EA subscription service is included with the Game Pass. Let's try Battlefield 5. And I was super excited. I thought, man, I've never played Battlefield before. This is going to be great. And I walked away kind of sad, unfortunately. I don't think there's anything wrong with Battlefield. I actually love the concept of having a ton of people on a map and just kind of letting you loose to do some fighting. But I think it just wasn't a concept that gelled with me. And that's okay. I think I ran into another problem, which is that most of the people playing Battlefield 5 right now know what they're doing, right? The game's been out for a long time. Not only am I new to the game, but I'm new to the franchise. It wasn't the greatest time for a new person to step in. Uh, I didn't really ever understand what was going on, to be frank. So that was also unfortunate. But nonetheless, I think that my journey is not over because I have seen some preview footage for Halo Infinite's multiplayer, and that actually has me quite excited. The fact that that's going to be free to play as well is uh, hopefully going to be an okay thing. And we'll see if I can make my triumphant return to the first-person shooter. And by the way, this isn't for lack of trying other things. These, these were just the main three, obviously, that are coming out this year. A few years ago, I purchased Titanfall 2, and that was a tremendous game. I absolutely loved the campaign. I played a, quite a few hours of multiplayer. But I think that game was just a little too fast-paced for me. People flying around, and I have no idea how to beat them. So that was unfortunate. And I think most first-person shooter multiplayer games these days are Battle Royales. And I will say Battle Royales are not at all relevant to my skills. I think I tend to exceed in, I guess, adapting to my environment. It might sound like a weird thing to say, but every time I played a Battle Royale, it felt like I never had the opportunity to succeed. Whenever I did succeed, you had to start over again from step one but most of the time I was just the first person killed in the game. And don't get me wrong, obviously this concept is popular for a reason, and I understand the appeal of the Hunger Games-esque, very ruthless game design concept. Uh, it just, it doesn't work for people who are bad at video games, or bad at competitive games. I really love that in these other first-person shooters that are like Team Deathmatch style, I can die over and over and over again, and I'll respawn. It means I get to learn things instantaneously and immediately get back into the action. And I think in general, it just isn't so punishing, right? So that was kind of the experience I was going for. 
And then, of course, there's a bunch of first-person shooter single-player games. Play Doom, Borderlands, and I love those games. I think they're great. It just wasn't what I was looking for in this particular moment. I think, if anything, this whole experience just illustrated that I've gotten older and my tastes have changed when it comes to gaming. You know, maybe 10 years ago, I would have picked up Battlefield 5 and had been willing to put in the hours and hours that it takes to learn the maps and learn how the game plays. And instead, these days, I would rather just, I don't know, pick up Mini Metro and zone out while I make some subway lines, right? Anyway, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be back with another variety show tomorrow, back with the news on Monday. And until next time, happy gaming, everyone. It's the TGO After Show. Hello and welcome. Yeah, this whole thing started just because I got a hankering to play a first-person shooter, you know? And I found that the proper solution to always doing that is to just play a single-player one. Just play Doom, just play Borderlands, whatever. That's gonna kind of scratch that itch of mercilessly shooting people in the head. But I've always, always, always had that inkling to go back to Call of Duty, right? And there's a few reasons why I never did. One of them, and the main one, is because I didn't want to spend a hundred Canadian dollars on it. There's better ways to spend my money. Uh, And then the other reason is, I mean, A, if I spend all that money and then I don't like the game, then that was a total waste. But more importantly, if I do like the game, then it might end up being the only thing that I play. And I don't want that either. You know, I would rather spend my time reading a book or just playing a single-player game. But I don't know, would I actually do that is the other question. I'm not sure. I think the great thing about something like Call of Duty is that it's very easy to play. It doesn't really matter what state of mind I'm in. I can I can boot up a thing of Call of Duty or Binding of Isaac or any of these games that are infinitely repeatable and just kind of mindlessly play. Whereas, I don't know, I have something like Pyre installed on my computer. I, you know, I played like an hour of Pyre. It was fantastic. I want to play more. But for some reason, every time I sit down at my computer, I'm like, eh, I don't feel like playing Pyre right now. I'll just play Binding of Isaac instead. Makes no sense. I don't know why my brain does that. I want to play Pyre, and I'm sure that when I sit down to actually play it, I'm going to enjoy it. There's just some kind of mental block there. But, I mean, that's been around forever, so. Pretty sure I've been talking about that ever since the after show has been a thing. Although, I will say, I have been doing a lot of Spider-Man playing. You know, having a couch and a TV is a really big difference when you work from home. But, hey, who knows? Maybe one day I will, uh have the Observer as my full-time gig, and then I have no excuse but to sit down and play some PC games, dang it, so that I can talk about it here on this show. Of course, I mentioned Mini Metro at the end there, and that's because that's another game I have picked up recently, which I will inevitably uninstall within a few weeks, but, you know, it's one of those games. Super easy to install, so it just kind of comes on and off the machine as as I feel. And for the first time ever today, I actually got past a thousand passengers. So Okay, so if you don't know... The concept of Mini Metro is you have these basic shapes that appear on the screen. So you might start with a circle, a square, and a triangle. And those are considered to be subway stations. And each shape needs to get to other shapes. So a passenger might appear on your circle that needs to get to the triangle. And so your little subway will go from the circle to the triangle, and it'll deliver the shape. And then slowly the map is zooming out and stations are being added to the map. And then out of nowhere, like a crescent moon will appear and you're like, what the heck? So every other station needs to be connected to the crescent moon in some way. It's a very simple game, but it is incredibly hard to master. 
And uh, I never got past the thousand passenger mark, which is kind of like the, I don't know, they give every single map a couple of challenges, and at least the beginning maps are like, deliver a thousand passengers. So anyway, I'm proud of the achievement, right? Hopefully I can replicate it on a few other maps to make sure it wasn't just a fluke. There's also um, some alternate maps, so they'll give you like Berlin in Germany or Chicago, but in order to unlock those, again, at least the first couple of them, you need to deliver a thousand passengers. So now I've gotten the alternate of Paris, and I'm looking at it now, and it's actually Paris 1937. Grow the metro to reach the suburbs in pre-war Paris. That's pretty dope. I'm going to have to look into what these alternate maps actually do, or like what's different about them, because it kind of just looks the same. But uh, anyway, hey, hope you have a tremendous day. Back tomorrow with the Variety Show. Talk then. <laughs>